0: mystery
1: all around us. Welcome to Essential Conversations. I'm your host Rebecca Mears with my co-host Luca Halleck. Joining us in the studio today, we have Rena Little. And since Luca has the primary connection, I will pass it over to her.
2: Yes, Rena and I have been circling around one another for years, I think. It's another one of those we met in the network, in the network. Of of all these women entrepreneurs floating around the city here, and so um, your your business is called Little Works, right?
3: Yeah, Little Works uh, Indie Media.
2: Little Works Indie Media, and I was, and I I, I just I love the name of it. It just <laughs> tickles me. But um, we met uh, at networking meetings, and just kind of lot know a lot of the same people, and and I always know who's got a mind. That works in interesting, quirky ways, and yours did. <laughs> and I think we met. We met up. I think it was one, like Christmas Eve. We met up in a coffee shop in North That's Vancouver. Right. You were with your father, and I was with my mother. And they're both. <laughs> they're both from the UK. And we had a li- we had a coffee and and kind of met one another again. And uh, so since then, we've been bumping into one another at a whole bunch of different events. So welcome. That's my roundabout Thank way you. of saying you're, you're part of the clan. <laughs> Thank and, you. And uh, so welcome to the show. Yes. And, and I, was, I, I was trying to get information out, out of you last night about what you would like to call yourself. Um, what label, if it's not a work label, what label would we put on you? And you thought about it for a while and said, meanderer. I'm yeah. a meanderer. I like
1: that. I like that. And that really
2: appeals to me, right? We were talking on the way up here about liking words, and that's one of those lovely words. So what does meandering mean to you?
3: Um, Well, I think it means um, just moving through space without a particular destination or maybe maybe without a particular focus so that you're noticing things along the way. So it it implies a certain amount of... Leisure, relaxation, leisure, (laughs) um,
2: not not goal oriented, yeah, not destination
1: oriented. Sounds like experience motivated rather than yeah. Yeah, that's exactly
3: right.
2: Allows you to kind of be in the moment, right? Do you remember? Have you always been a meanderer? Like, do do does your family tell stories of you being a meanderer when you were a kid? Did Um, they say, "Come on, hurry up"?
3: Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) I was. uh, I think all of my all of my report cards had that I was a daydreamer. So that's, I think those two things are related. I yeah. love what they write on report cards. <laughs> they told me,
2: I, they said I was
3: too chatty. <laughs> yeah. I needed to pay more attention. <laughs> I was paying
2: attention to the chat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so, what is the, obviously you value meandering. Yeah. So, I, what's the first time in your life that you really started to kind of appreciate
3: that? Not only did you meander, but that there was value in it um, well, I think the first time the first time was when I was a an early teenager, my family and I went to Europe for the first time, and um you know families there're always those dynamics. you're stuck in a car with the same people for <laughs> two weeks, three we weeks or four weeks yeah, <laughs> and um, there was one particular moment where. Um, my parents were, um, I don't know, not arguing, but they were, you know, trying to figure out where we're going, and it wasn't really going that well. And the next thing I know, the map fell, threw out, threw, f- flew through the window and mm. out that's, onto the... That's an yeah. indicator. So we ended up having to navigate um, most of Europe with a German map and no English. And um, we ended up in <laughs> Austria accidentally. <laughs> I love it. We were driving in a French car. So it had, in the olden days, it would have the FR on the back. And because it was all um, European, they waved you through. There were no, no one stopped us at any borders. And um, yeah, that's how we ended up in Austria. So we had lunch there and then tried to figure out how to get back to where (laughs) we were (laughs) supposed to go. Yeah. So,
2: so how did it affect you to be a meanderer when you were in your high school years and, and you know, coming out in, into the world to figure out what you wanted to do and be and all that kind of thing? How did meandering affect that?
3: Well, I guess I just always was easily distracted. So um, anytime I had anything that I was supposed to be doing, I would probably do like five other things that I noticed along the way before I would get to what I was actually supposed to be
1: doing. I love that. The supposed to be doing. I want to <laughs> yeah. put the air quotes around that, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. How have you found that this way of thinking and being and interacting with the world has actually become your strength in terms of what you do as your business, as right. your interactions with people for, you know, exchange of money, but it's also like life purpose?
3: Um, well, I was pretty lucky to be able to go back to art school when I was 30 and um, get all the theory from there. And one of the things, I, I can't remember the exact article, but I remember reading about you know notions of the flaneur and, and really being able to take a look at contemporary life and um, looking at it from a particular lens. And that gave um, a theory to what it was that I felt like I was already doing, in, in a sense. Maybe in less of a theoretical sense, and um, it's it, it made me feel like what I was doing wasn't a distraction and it wasn't procrastinating and it wasn't anything else. And it wasn't just by accident. Yeah, it was more of a creative way of being in the world. Yeah. And um, and then um, and then you just end up noticing a lot more and you meet a lot more people that you wouldn't normally meet because you're more open in that way. And then. With my business, well, that really helps because I love networking, and mm-hmm. that's pretty much what networking is. It's getting stopping for a moment and having a chat with somebody that you've never met before and finding out what what they're into,
2: or reconnecting with somebody right. as we have done yeah. at different times along the way.
1: Yeah, exactly. Y- you referred to something there, mm-hmm. notions of the f- of the Flenner or something. L- like yeah. That? Could so, you tell me more about that?
3: Yeah. Um, well, it's really about um, a type of artist in. Um, the industrial sort of during the industrial revolution in France, where, and a lot of the impressionist paintings of that time were revolved around that. So there's some some big paintings. You know, you'll know them. The one with the um, the women in the bars or the women in the cafes. Those it's usually that that's sort of the style yeah, to lose track, Yeah, you yeah, people yeah, Like that. Yeah, yeah. So they would be. The, it was sort of a way of living in Paris, where they would wander around and and notice the the human condition of that time, which Mm. wasn't particularly great, actually, (laughs) Mm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, so.
1: sounds very much about being present Mm -hmm. rather than striving for something. Right. Being present and and observing what is.
2: Right. And more reflective, observational and reflective. Yeah. As opposed to trying to influence.
3: Yeah, it was, yeah, it was really, well, it ends up being reading, reading like a critique, so you know, noticing what's happening in society and then reflecting it in the paintings and actually critiquing society through those paintings. Through those paintings. Yeah. Because it's it's a lens. Yeah, that's said. right. It's a lens. Yeah.
2: Have you ended up being an artist, as you would call it, since you went to art school?
3: Uh, I've had shows. <laughs> yeah, so I would say so. Um, not for the last few years. Um, my last show was in 2015. Um, But up until then, I definitely had a fairly um, decent exhibition record, Mm -hmm. and I made work regularly. So, yeah.
2: What did you notice when you were creating about what the creative process was like for you?
3: Well, um, mine was a little bit different. So I was into um, participatory practice, which is when you – get other people to help you fill your work with content so basically you're or this is how i look at it you're um you're creating a framework and then the art sort of becomes instead of instead of you knowing what it's going to look like from the from the beginning Mm -hmm. so um for me that was a really um interesting way of Thinking about things and it works with the meandering um, metaphor too because you don't know what you're going to get. You don't know what the aesthetics are going to look like when you're finished.
2: We had somebody on the show, Cat, um, who who would start a drawing of somebody, and then she'd have all these people come and add to it. All oh, right. And so it was like she put she planted the seed, mm-hmm. and then. It became something,
3: right? Exactly. Um, and I
2: remember watching her do it, and have all these people come in, and it was, it was. It, people were a little reluctant at first because mm-hmm. they all said, "Well, I'm not an artist. <laughs> they don't want to ruin it." It's that <laughs> definition of what is an artist. Mm-hmm. What What have you learned about what is an artist? Because I've always thought that art is not separate from society, but we often treat artists like they're separate, like they're a different kind of animal.
3: Yeah, um, I think yeah th- yeah it's true. but I think that's really a romanticized notion of what an artist is. I also think that um the art market has always been quite separate from the regular market, so that's also also created it is this a idea market, right yeah, yeah. yeah, so it's created this idea that that art is quite separate from from life, but I yeah. actually I don't think so,
2: no, no, because I'm thinking about. Um, Thomas Moore wrote a wrote a book, and he was talking about how people used to decorate their and name their pieces of machinery, so the oh, printing press <laughs> or your or you know the 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 machine that helped you to make shoes or mm-hmm. whatever it was, because they had an intimate relationship with mm-hmm. it. Yeah, and they were creating using it, right? Mm-hmm. It was it, it was part of their creative process. So you could be—I mean, I'm thinking about Fluvog shoes, right? Um, <laughs> that are like, they're they're works of art, but they're also practical. You can use them. Yeah. But I'm thinking about all the different things that we um, that that are expressions of creativity. Yeah. That so we're all kind of on a spectrum. Some of us made. Dedicate our whole lives to it, but then there's a, everybody's got some form of creativity in their lives. I mean, you can say that creating a, a show here is like we create the container, and people come along and and do things inside it with us. It's a, it's a similar kind of concept. I mean, I resonate with that when you yeah. when you talk about it. But I'm thinking about because um, I, I what one of the things that intrigues me about you is that you've you in your meandering you you started. By studying one thing, and then you, you had a career, and then you studied something else, and you had another yeah, career, and you studied yeah, something yeah, else, and had true. another career. And, and every time something happens or you change course, something else comes out of it. And But I think that there that's that's a really interesting phenomena. That, that what is the singular of pheno- pheno- phenomena. 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 <laughs> phenomena and phenomenon. Um, <laughs> That like what ha- what have you noticed is valuable about that m- moving careers around? Because I'm not sure that from what I've heard you say of it over the years that it's necessarily an easy thing to do to keep no, reinventing yourself. it's true. Yourself, I know I'm know? sitting
3: here trying to think of what I have noticed that's been beneficial, but uh, <laughs> because it, well, has, isn't it just is hard. What you've noticed, it is right? hard. It's well, not easy. No, it's pretty hard. But. Um, um, I don't know. I just feel like you only have one life. <laughs> so do I really want to get stuck only ima- uh, only being able to imagine one thing? Yeah. And um, I've had this conversation with other people before, actually one time in particular, where um, I had stayed in Jamaica on this property, and this American woman had con- gone to Jamaica, bought the property, and had lived on it for 30 years. And I just remember turning to this guy that was there and saying, I will never be able to buy a piece of land and live anywhere for 30 years now. I'm at that point. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's one life that I will not be able to experience, right? Mm-hmm. So, and it and they didn't understand what I was getting at, you know? They are like, they thought I was feeling sorry for myself, but it wasn't that at all. It was more... It was more a profound moment of understanding that this is finite and that we only get one try at it. So I think that, um, you know, I just want to try a
1: lot of things. Well, I'm also thinking that with the approach of life of being more slow and experiencing and connecting, and I say slow because there I'm 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 witness I'm thinking about it and witnessing that it is a slower pace of engaging. It's a different way of engaging. And with that sort of when you're meandering, when you're being present to what's around you, it kinda gives you some space to be able to say, I'm not really enjoying this here right now. Like I did before, <laughs> but this over here is looking kind of that's interesting. to yeah. you know, wander that way and see what happens. Whereas if we're in the like goal-oriented the yeah. where you just kind of motor through, right? It's like yeah. you're not really stopping to assess. Yeah, it's true. Is this? Mm. It's true. Yeah. Am I enjoying this? Is but this really what I want?
3: On the other hand, sometimes you feel like you've missed the boat on certain things, yes. right? So there's that <laughs> other <laughs>
1: side of the coin.
3: <laughs> and yeah. so every now and again, I get stuck on that part, mm-hmm. you know?
1: Yeah. So, and I think that's very human because yeah. I think all of us, whether it's we've been, yeah. you know, full steam ahead over here and then yep. it's, we see someone else way <laughs> off know. and down the dirt. It's like, oh. <laughs> I didn't know that was a thing, (laughs) but I'm way over here and that's not going to happen. Or the, you know, yeah, we, I think we all have that experience of, well, look what they created with the time and with the resources they had. That's right. Oh, and so sometimes it's the, well, dang. (laughs) (laughs) You know,
2: I was thinking, somebody was talking to me about the radio show the other day and they were saying that when they listen to all the people that we have on the show, they think, oh God. I could have done that, <laughs> but I didn't. I didn't go that direction, right? Yeah. And maybe I maybe if I'd stayed with that longer I would have ended up like that. And it and it was a little depressing to them, right? <laughs> yeah. And and I said, Well, but you could look at it the other way, yeah. which is uh, look at all the possible paths there are out there and yeah. we're all doing the thing that um, makes us feel good, or that we're exploring, or that we have to. By happenstance, it's like in, an imperative. We have to do that right now. Yeah. But to be able to look at at what everybody else does, that's all different. It's the diaspora, right? Yeah. It, that's exactly. And it. it and that makes me feel when I'm in a good place. Yeah. It makes <laughs> me feel hopeful. That yeah. Look at all the things that we manage to create, no yeah. matter what place we're in. Because um, when we talk about going slower, I've had two opportunities now of breaking one foot and then the other, <laughs> and it slowed me right down. Yeah. And and I the first time, I was more traumatized than the second time. The second time, I was pissed off. But the first mm-hmm. time, I was traumatized. But it, it slowed me down so much that I really had to move into that place that you're talking about of seeing the world in a different way. Yeah um people had to come to me because i couldn't go to them i couldn't run around the city on buses i couldn't so um i had to i had to, sometimes i'd i'd make my dinner and then i'd have to go and lie down because yeah. i was so exhausted from creating it that i didn't have any energy left to eat it yeah <laughs> but that it it that is a it's a different it's different right mm-hmm. and i love the differences and you and I have had many conversations every time we bump into one another. We have some more conversations about the people we know and, and we've noticed mm-hmm. and, and what they're doing and how they're doing it and how we're doing it and how, how we're changing how we're doing it
3: yeah.
2: um, and what we're learning about it, um, which I imagine has a lot to do with what you're up to. But your, your work, the little work's part of what you do. Um, and so, and, and I should interrupt here and say that for those of you just joining us now, um, we're talking to Rena Little of Little Works um, today in the studio, and we're talking about being meandering, about meandering in life, um, which kind of is the theme we're coming back to. But you've been doing Little Works for quite a number of years now, right?
3: Yeah, I just actually looked it up, and apparently I registered in 2011.
2: <laughs> so there you go. So that's seven yeah. years now. Mm-hmm. So for you in a meandering life, that's that's quite a significant amount of time.
3: Yes, it is. As I think it might be. No, it's not quite the longest. No. Yeah. But
2: but I'm sure that you've meandered. Mm-hmm. Like it, it isn't exactly the oh, same yeah, thing no, it is no. now, because yeah. we were talking about that the yeah. other day. Yeah. So how have you... How have you seen it change, and how is this meandering part of yourself right. showing up in in the work that you're doing, and how you're able maybe to do it differently or better now for your clients than you were before?
3: Yeah. So when I first started, I was basically just doing social media,
0: mm-hmm.
3: and well, before that, I was just writing, and then I got into social media, um, and then you you kind of realize how interconnected all of the digital marketing has become, it never used to be, it used to be very separate. You would do Mm -hmm. one, one strategy or another strategy or a different strategy. And now they seem to all roll in. So when I started getting clients who wanted social media, but who didn't have a website or they had a really terrible website and, you know, (laughs) you can send traffic to their website and you know that nothing's going to happen. So then we got into doing, I found someone to do websites for me. And, and, um, then after that it was SEM and SEO and, Maybe in the opposite and order. And know what all these acronyms yeah, mean, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. So you just had—I just had to continually learn um, all the technologies and figure it out, and find the right people to help out in that aspect, so that I could give a comprehensive marketing strategy for my clients. Do you like puzzles? Yes, <laughs> I like. It's sort of a puzzle. Yeah, it's isn't problem it? solving. Yeah, it's definitely yeah. problem solving for sure. And um, yeah, it, that's exactly right it's
2: figuring out the problems of the people who come to you and and the problems of not problems necessarily but opportunities of how does all this social media work how it's gonna, where is it going now
3: yeah how it's going to work for like strategizing each too yeah, yeah it's yeah. all it's all strategy and
1: it's really interesting social media is very very in the moment yes and so i can see how that can relate to yes um, y- you're having that um, intuition for what's attractive and how to pitch that attractiveness to other people so that the people are getting the in the moment things.
3: Yeah, yeah, exactly. So you have your goals, but you also have to remain agile. So it's yeah. no longer meandering. Mm-hmm. It's more called agile. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> agile But it's <laughs> that's that's right. the same skills, it's, right? Yeah, it's yeah. completely the same in. skills.
1: Yeah. I feel like it's time for us to play your first song. Okay. So we've got Immersion. Mm-hmm. By, now let me see if I can get this off my tongue correctly, Maxime LeCroyer. <laughs> I got it yeah. in there. Yeah. Anyways. Cool. Uh, yeah. And this one is from his album, Oz Rev. There, there, that was the right R. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, that's my headphones popping out. Yeah. So um, would you like to tell us before we listen to it or after we listen to it, why you picked this song? After after. All right, <laughs> let's take let's immerse in immersion and then we will rejoin Rena Little here in the studio in just a few minutes. We respectfully acknowledge that we broadcast on unceded ancestral territory of the Coast Salish peoples, the Squamish, the Musqueam, the Coquitlam, and the tsleil You are listening to Essential Conversations with Rebecca and Luca. We have Rena Little here with us in the studio today, a self-described meanderer <laughs> <laughs> and a purveyor of social media wisdom and strategy at <laughs> Little Works in the Media. And we were just listening to uh, Maxine Le Royer, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Those French R's are hard for me. Mm-hmm. And it, it was a beautiful song. We all kind of had a nap and a mellow out. <laughs> With The song was called Immersion. It's from his album ozrev We have um, tweeted out the link if you would like to find that because I know it didn't show up for me on Shazam and it wasn't there on Spotify. So if you were like me and you're like, I want to hear that again, uh, you can do um, you can come and find the link that's on our Twitter feed. It's at Essential Conversations, um, which is spelled Essential Conv and that's spelled essence t i a l c o n v. Um, we're tweeting out little sound bites um, from uh, Rena and Lin- links and things to, uh, that she's talking about. So we've been talking about what um, your Rena your your natural way of being in the world and how it's impacting life choices, um, direction of work, and the success of your work as well, and I think it's a valuable conversation. There's so many of us that have quirks or ways of being that we feel are wrong. That that there's so much of the world that shoulds on us, and it's a you know I, I appreciate hearing from you how you reached a point where you turned that inside out and into embracing it and owning it and allowing that to to be. A beautiful part of who you are, and a value, It is a. It always was a beautiful and valuable part of who you are, right? We don't necessarily always perceive that, and interact with the world from that space of strength and and power, rather than some kind of shrinking. Uh, I can speak for myself on that too. I uh, um, I, I call myself ADG, <laughs> attention deficit <laughs> gifted, because I know that <laughs> you know good. I see all the different things, and um, I know that it can become a hindrance it, for me. It, I know that it's also how I am good at what I do because I am juggling all the balls. I am noticing all these different pieces and there, you know, it doesn't mean there's other ways in which it might be a hindrance sometimes, but I, I think <laughs> it's also, you know, it's yeah. So learning to embrace those parts of us that are, are maybe counterculture counter what societal narratives of, how we could be. I mean, I can completely imagine that when you were young, and as you said in the report cards, it said daydreamers, right? You're always a daydreamer. Like that's not a
0: good
2: thing. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah.
1: exactly. Yeah.
2: Yeah, dream it. We got to dream it first. So you had your whole world turned upside down. Yeah. Was it about five years ago?
3: Uh, it'll be six years in March. Six years in March. Wow, it yeah. goes fast,
2: but not fast in many other ways. So yeah. you were riding your bicycle along here in Vancouver. Yeah. And you got hit by a car. I did. And that threw you for a loop, quite yeah, literally. In many, <laughs> yes. many ways, right? <laughs> yes. It threw and me you the concrete. you were so um, good at what you did with your head, like literally with your head. Like you're, you are yeah. think you create, you... You dream, you all of those things that were um, in many ways associated with being intellectual and, and smart and all of that kind of stuff. and then
3: uh, you were derailed. Yeah, completely derailed. Um, yeah, I, I say that I had a literal head-on collision because my head was the first thing that hit <laughs> and, um, and, um, and it completely shifted my world. And I didn't really even realize it at the beginning because one of the most beautiful things about a head injury is that you don't realize how messed up you are. It's mm. probably uh, a good thing. Oh, it was totally a totally good thing. If someone had told me it was going to take me a good four and a half years before I start feeling like a normal person, I probably would have offed myself. Mm. Wow. Yeah, mm. it was really it was really horrendous. And um, and, um yeah, and trying to keep it all together and trying to make sure that my parents didn't worry about me and and um and keep my business going and all of that stuff. It was just like I don't even when I think back of it on it I'm not really sure <laughs>
2: how That's that a happened.
3: Lot.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Well and all the way through it you were using social media to talk about what was happening to you. Yeah. And how you were feeling.
3: Yeah, one of the only things I couldn't really I couldn't really engage with people for very long periods of time. I could um, come up and have a conversation for maybe an hour with a client, a meeting, if I if it was early in the morning. And then I would just collapse and go back to bed. Mm-hmm. Um, so social media was really the place where I could look for things. And I came across a woman... I forgot her name. Um, I'll, I'll think of it a mm-hmm. little bit later. But um, mm-hmm. she was a gamer, and she had a concussion, and she did a TED Talk. And she came up with a um, a game called Super Better. Oh, I know exactly you know what one? you're talking oh, about. Oh, good. But, yeah. I forgot her name so you'll remember. Mm. <laughs> That's good. So um, I came across that game, and the game was pretty um, – um, I, I wasn't super interested in the game itself. Um, I, I loved the concept. So I played the game on Facebook um, because that's where my people were. So on Super Better, the idea is you connect with new people or you invite your friends and family onto Super Better to support you there. But I didn't really want to go through that that step, so I brought it on to Facebook. And basically she breaks down life into four different components, emotional, social, physical, and spiritual, and... um, and gamifies your recovery process. So, it um, and this woman had had a concussion herself, and this was actually not for her concussion symptoms. This was for her depression symptoms, which are actually usually often a secondary um, secondary condition of concussion. Mm. Thankfully, that wasn't my issue at all, but um, but it did. Her ideas really helped because, you know, she would break it all down. So, if you couldn't do anything physical. Um, but you wanted to make yourself a little bit better for tomorrow was the idea. Um, you could drink eight glasses of water from your bed, <laughs> you know. So yeah, it gave yeah. you a sense of agency. and yeah, that you was, could do something. Yeah, that was super yeah. important. And so on Facebook, one of the things that, um, that she talks about is the dopamine hit that you get from looking at pictures of cute mm-hmm. animals, right? So mm-hmm. then I started posting my cute therapy hashtag and (laughs) um, was that where that came from yeah so cute therapy comes from that so every day I would post at least one depending on how bad sometimes it was like 10 I think people got a little (laughs) little overwhelmed with that. And, um, and then all of a sudden, I was really self-conscious about that because, um, most of my friends on Facebook at the time were art- artists and academics. And I thought, oh, they're going to think I'm, you know, fluffy, <laughs> fluffy yeah. and, yeah. and all that. I'm not serious <laughs> anymore. Mm-hmm. And, um, but I would get all these messages on the, on the back end of, you know, in Messenger saying, Hey, I'm so glad you're posting cute therapy. I really love that. Or they would start sending me cute therapy mm. through Messenger. And it started to become a little bit of a thing. And now other people are using the hashtag, so I'm pretty happy with that. I love that.
1: So the person is Jane McGonigal. Thank you. Yes, Yes, that's right. So I just sent out a link to that. Um, um, She's done TED Talks, several of them now. Gaming can make a better world. The game that can give you 10 extra years of life. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I I remember finding Super Better a while ago and passing it on to some um, women that I coach where they are dealing with chronic illnesses or yeah. long-term recoveries from either physical and or mental, sometimes combined, yeah. you know, challenges. And it is such a fascinating concept. I love yeah. Thank you for bringing yeah. that up. Mm-hmm. It's so helpful yeah. to pass forward.
3: Yeah. So Facebook ended up being the place where I could go to have very short, I didn't have to have a conversation. What I could do was put up four lines, three lines, whatever it was, and then just collapse again right. and then go back and see the support. Yeah, I could see the support which made me feel so much better. <laughs> you know, without mm. having to have a telephone conversation because at the time I mm. couldn't find the right words. I was stuttering. It would take me a very long time to create a short status on yeah. Facebook and um and um yeah, and I really couldn't interact very well. So nope. that really helped.
2: For for me just as a witness on the outside. I knew what was going on for you, but I didn't know you that well. Yeah, that's right. Um, I was paying a lot of attention to what was unfolding for you, what how you were experiencing what was going on for you, because you were doing a lot of awareness raising yeah. around what happens, when, when because you didn't know about it any more than we did. I mean, we, we had a mutual acquaintance who had had a concussion and had been telling us about what was going on, but... I hadn't experienced it.
3: Yeah, it. Uh, yeah, and then you, you
2: were coming to it yeah. after she had, and so I was learning about yeah. this, and it's heightened my sensitivity around um, what what it must be
3: like for people who are going through this and how not to isolate them. That's the thing because you actually your your first. Well, for me. I just didn't – I couldn't be around people. It was awful being around people. It would make me nauseous. It would make me fall over. It would make me crazy. And, um, and you had been a
2: real people person.
3: I was, and I am. I, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it almost killed me. That's why Facebook was I, – I know everyone it's dumps on Facebook, but it yeah. was actually a place where I found, um, you know, I found life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so – Oh, i think i lost my train <laughs> i yeah. lost my We're train gonna, that's okay put me back on a different train please <laughs> yeah so so you so you t- you you that was part of your
2: recovery process yeah, was was that's right. to use this um, game yes like.
3: yes that's right
2: um but it was also impacting your work right because you still had to earn a living for yourself
3: yes yeah yeah so and that's true so um I could type and I could express myself, but I really couldn't read. And a lot of people didn't realize that. I didn't read for about two and a half years. Mm-hmm. And, and you had
2: been a voracious reader.
3: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Yeah, And um, I would have to get my assistants to read me my email, or mm-hmm. I would do this little trick where I would call my client and just to go over the email that I couldn't read, but I mm-hmm. could understand mm-hmm. fully when they spoke Absolutely. to me. Yeah. So that was, you know, trying to keep that all under wraps (laughs) was really and i didn't really realize what was going on at the time and and um and you look normal and that's one of the biggest problems you look normal yeah and then oh yes and then the other thing is is that when you do get triggered a lot of the times you end up either crying or getting aggressive and um Um, It's not that you're frustrated with the person that you're speaking with. It's you're frustrated with your inability to articulate what it is that you're trying to get across. Mm -hmm. And and the reactions of people's face when I would try and explain something and I'd say – focus on my words, not on my tone, and it didn't matter, you know, so you right. want you don't want but to you be, realize how much tone uh, matters, so, right? Exactly. Yeah. So that's exactly why you don't want to be around other people, because you don't know when that's going to come up, and you don't want to hurt right. other people's feelings, and you're just trying to connect with them, and yeah. they're, like, like, backing up slowly <laughs> from you, and, and it's not fun, actually. Yeah. It's not fun. No, it's... <laughs> And yeah. until you get a concussion, you actually don't know. Because I remember people describing these things to me, and I was like, that doesn't, you don't, you seem okay. And you, you just keep interacting with them the same way that you do until they say, enough, I can't handle it. Right. And, um, but you don't, yeah, there's no way I could have imagined someone but feeling like this. No. I no.
1: Mean, and yet these conversations are so important so that at least we can try to increase awareness so that yeah. when somebody says, can you, you know, focus on my words, not my tone? If we've heard this from someone else before that this is a, a, yeah. a, a symptom yeah. and they really mean it and, yeah. you know, we can s- dissociate ourselves from this yeah. emotional response yeah. and just actually try to be present yeah. for that, then, mm-hmm. then we're showing up with – I mean, it really – That's not too much to ask for. The amount of energy expenditure that's going on from the person who's seeking to overcome what is going on in their brain and their body in that moment, we can – come on, we can meet them by also pouring energy into, okay, not getting triggered by a tone, not choosing to take personally, um, lack of whatever – Con- what mm-hmm. method of connecting that they would normally have had or mm-hmm. let's call it formerly have had. Because yeah. mm-hmm. this yeah, becomes yeah. the new normal, <laughs> yeah. right? People and have so to yeah.
2: know you now, right? Yeah.
1: A- yeah. I think this rolls over as well into just considerations around neurodiversity, right?
2: Yes. Yeah. That's right. And yeah. you don't know how you're different until you try to do something and it doesn't work the way it used to. That's right. And so you're learning constantly about the nature of what it is you have and it's and it's a moving goalpost right
3: yes that's right that's right because you it's just get new, something sorted out and then there's yeah. something else comes along yeah it's it's always the new normal it's yes. not um yes
2: yeah and and also what i've noticed is that you're, you 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 you're fine for a few hours and then something shifts yes but you, you, you don't necessarily know it shifted
3: until oh, somebody reacts it. to you yeah. or they
2: don't know that you know like it, because it's it's invisible as I can you said, usually right? feel
3: it though yeah. and yeah. people who really know me they always know cuz my eyes will change mm. yeah, and that's isn't that interesting? and yeah so people can usually tell how i'm feeling if they know me but people yeah. who don't know me and and that I was one of the to compare with. yeah, and that was yeah. one of the problems is that I always tested f- in the normal range for a lot of the things, mm-hmm. and um, but it wasn't my normal range. Right. <laughs> you know yes, I was mean? just going to say so when you're an abnormal
2: out. person to begin with. Yeah, so what are they
3: comparing against? That's right. So I could if I couldn't find the right word, I would pull a word that was similar enough that would just make me sound a little quirky, not that I couldn't find the right word. Yeah. 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 So that was.
1: Yeah. And you, um, when I mentioned about neurodiversity, you looked like you had something that you wanted to say there.
3: Yeah, I really actually started to empathize with um, real, real elderly people because um, I did some reading and the brain shifts quite similarly. So when we get grumpy old men, for example, like that stereotype, it really is just brain issues. Yeah, You know, is it, I can't even, because hmm. that's what I felt like. That's what I felt like. Yeah. I could feel my brain was just not right and... And um, and that sort of reactive um, grumpiness doesn't come from anything other than they can't express what they're trying to mm. say, what
1: they're trying to do. So many more reasons for compassion.
3: Yeah, exactly. And
1: patience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. Your second song is calling to me.
3: Okay, <laughs> yes. Now, this one, this one came a lot later mm-hmm. than the first one in my recovery. So both of these songs I came across... After My Accident. This one was... Um, this one, I feel, is more me getting back to me, being able to enjoy it, because for a long time, I couldn't listen to any kind of music, and then I could only listen to spa kind of music because it was, wasn't was complicated. Mm-hmm. Um, and then this, then I started getting a bit more complicated. So this one I love because it's a really awkward love song, and I just think that that is I don't know I can't even express what it is that I'm trying to say right now but it's it's just it's so endearing for me to have this these two people sing this love song and it's just the most awkward it's not your
1: typical love song. Cool I like that all right we're going to listen to this song it's called Kiss uh, by Scout Niblet featuring Bonnie Prince Billy.
4: It's cool. let
0: kidnap each other and start singing our song My heart is charged now
1: Welcome back to Essential Conversations with Rebecca and Luca and our guest today, Rena Little, um, a meanderer and founder, and creator, and CE everything of (laughs) (laughs) Little Works Indie Media, and we were just listening to her second song choice of the day, which was called Kiss by Scout Niblet and Bonnie Prince Billy, and we were watching the quirky video with that. That was really, I like that song. That's now both of the songs today. We didn't get a chance because I forgot to ask you of the return of the first song. Why you picked that song, Immersion?
3: That was actually the first album, that and that was the first song on the the album that i could actually listen to after my head injury without Mm. like having synapses fire misfiring wow yeah so i i found that through my yoga teacher and um she would play that album every time i came to a yoga class no matter what because it was the only thing i could actually listen to yeah so
1: it was great that's so interesting, and it is a really slow, mm-hmm. slowly escalating piece, and yet it remains very calm the whole time, but the complexities are very slowly introduced.
3: Yeah, and because I was doing yin yoga with it, I don't know mm-hmm. if you're familiar with yin, but it's a super meditative class that happens on the mat. You're you're not standing, and um, so now every time I hear it, my heart rate
1: just drops immediately. Nice. Oh, super <laughs> like good pelvic. association. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Um, you had some show and tell items that I'd love to touch in on with the time that we've got left. So was, I do. one of them is a video. Yes, and we worked really hard to get this video <laughs> before the show started. So tell everybody what this video is that I'm going to send out now.
3: The video is, um, it's my fish. <laughs> it's Henry the betta fish, and um, Henry's just come into my life maybe a couple of months ago, and he's super funny. I had no idea that betta fish were so. Um, interactive Uh, but apparently they're very food motivated and they'll learn to do tricks and so he (laughs) right now he follows my finger around in the bowl and inside and outside and he I, I move a chopstick around for him but every time I get up in the morning or come into the living room or go near him he swims from wherever he is right to the front of the bowl and he does this little this little wiggle dance for me and so the video is him doing his wiggle dance (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's a little positive, it. positive reinforcement every day. <laughs> yeah. Somebody yeah. is glad that you're alive <laughs> and that know, you're in there right. present. And you don't have to do anything right. except be there.
3: Yeah.
1: <laughs> you yeah. knew I that beta Fish button. could wiggle dance? Yeah. He looks yeah. like that's a awesome. goldfish, but he's blue. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Brilliant. And you also brought a fountain
3: pen, I believe? I did. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm in the digital realm, and I actually love analog things. So... Um, My fountain pen I picked up online um, after my accident so that I could just draw on paper because I had to be off of screens. And um, what I love about fountain – well, first of all, this is probably the cheapest fountain pen that I could Mm -hmm. get that wasn't plastic. Mm -hmm. It came from Japan, and the nibs are special on um, fountain pens. You can get them slanted to the right or slanted to the left. But this one oh, here, yeah. yeah, and yeah, so it's for left-handed and right-handed people. And these ones, the one that I got is actually straight across. And the idea is is that you wear your own nib in. And I really liked that idea of oh. t- you tell stories and you wear your nib in. That's very cool. Yeah.
1: <sighs> I've never heard of, and I'm a fan of fancy pens for sure. I might need to learn more about that from you after. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We could have dueling fountain pens. <laughs> I'm a fountain pen user oh, no. as really well. <laughs>
3: yeah.
1: And you had one. You had a book that you wanted to talk
3: oh, to no us about. Oh, no, I didn't. I oh. didn't bring it. That's okay. I you forgot. can tell no, us about it. I forgot what it's called, though. Oh. That's why I couldn't find it. I'm sorry. Oh, that's, <laughs> that's quite the all right. That's a brain injury thing. The next didn't fire <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm actually just noticing the time. So we actually should yeah. probably take the next minute and. Is there anybody who might be listening right now that you'd love to hear from? Or how can people find you if they want to contact yeah, you? Yeah,
3: um, they can find me. I love connecting with people on social media. Twitter is my favorite place for strangers. <laughs> my handle is uh, LittleWorks, L-I-D-D-L-E-W-O-R-K-S. It's the same um, uh, same on my Instagram. And, um, and you can also find me on Facebook. My Facebook page is public so you can connect with me there and follow my posts if you want to friend me you need to send a
1: message and introduce yourself <laughs> yeah that's my rule yes
2: i like that <laughs>
3: sounds good
2: yeah
1: real, real connections only that's right yeah beautiful well i've sent a uh, link out to that thank you so much for joining us thank here in you. the studio today it's been a total pleasure this is fun absolutely we meandered today <laughs> we did we did <laughs> we yes. found good very meandery <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. good things yeah, good. Well, until next time i wonder what's around the corner Essential
2: Conversations is brought to you courtesy of Luca Hallex, Power Sorcerer.
1: And Rebecca Mears, Certified
2: Coach. Increase your awareness, expand your options, empower yourself.
1: Luca can be reached at www.lucahallux.com. I light the fires that light a thousand more. Connect with Rebecca at catchingfire.ca.
0: Happy, ah, happy, 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 boing, 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 boing. boing. boing, boing. Eep, eep.